Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's whenever you're listening to this, and you know what that means. It's time for the WrestleWolf Wrestling Podcast, recapping all things AEW Dynamite and Rampage. I'm your host, Dr. Damien Gibson, DMD, and joining me is the King of Marks, my good friend, Paulie T. How you going, man? I'm going really well, dude. It's been a pretty action-packed week in the AEW universe. <laughs> uh, yeah, lots of stuff to lots of stuff to entertain us, and. Um, uh, if I can uh, maybe um, uh, reference uh, uh, a character that I was uh, a part of in a previous uh, initiative of ours, um, I've got some news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot that we did a bit on that Wade Barrett. Is that where we got it from, the Wade Barrett? It was, I've yeah. got, some, got bad some bad news. news. Yeah. Yes. And then I put my daughter saying, double Ds. Yeah, that's right. We don't that legitimately feels like 20 years ago <laughs> when it was only, what, like five or six? It was. It was quite um, a while ago. What is this news? What's the news that you've got for us? Oh, man, there's a few really, really cool things, really interesting things that have happened. Some some cool, some not so cool, but newsworthy nonetheless. Hmm. Um, I, uh, Dan Housen uh, all but and has announced his AEW arrival date, <laughs> which was mm. very exciting. So um, uh, what happened was uh, he was uh, interviewed on uh, the Wrestling Observer a couple of days ago. And um, at one point, Brian Alvarez asked, um, yeah, like, uh, who would be your dream opponent? Um and uh, he said, uh, "Look, we can take we can take WWE off the table because they don't let you do anything unless you're contract under contract." And he's doing a lot of things. He's got a big, bold, um, out there gimmick that everyone loves, and and they wouldn't let him do that. Um, and so uh, he said, "You know, whether it be um, you know uh, Lucha Underground, uh, Impact, uh, New Japan, AEW." You know, who, who would you like to face? And every single person he mentioned was from AEW. And uh, he also said that he would like to be in a team with CM Punk against FTR. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty much uh, says that uh, we're going to be um, even more entertained in a couple of, couple of, couple of months once he's uh, leg heels, I'd say. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. Brilliant. I mean, uh, uh, not to sound like an impatient mark, but it should have happened a year and a half ago. But anyway, uh, it's awesome. I mean, I think um, 
you know, I talk about uh, Danhausen and Warhorse have almost become my new CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, <laughs> where I have to mention them in every episode. But um, what I love about both of those guys is that um, they are super passionate about the industry, but both took massive risks on the indies with gimmicks to try and get themselves over and have 100% done that. And anyone who does that, I'm I'm always going to admire because it must take a lot of balls to walk into an, a, an indie wrestling hall dressed as Danhausen <laughs> with a jar of teeth and, you know, like even just to walk into the room at the back, like just to go out the back in front of the boys and be like, oh, this is my gimmick now, <laughs> you know. And so, um, yeah, I, I hope uh, that's great. And I can't, I think people will fall in love with Danhausen immediately if you don't know him already. Although, if you're an AEW fan, you probably do. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope that means that eventually we get Warhorse as well because those two guys together are hilarious. Yeah, he was um, a, I think he's been on, oh, I may have this wrong, but I, I think he was on the last two Jericho Cruises. He was certainly on the last one. He's definitely um, on the last one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and obviously impressed everyone on that. And um, Warhorse is Dan Housen's best mate in real life. So, I, you know. And speaking of. We'll get Warhorse eventually anyway. He's a very nice, very <laughs> evil man. Um, there are just uh, a few hours left. So this is probably pointless of me saying so now because uh, the listeners may not have chance. But anyway, just for your entertainment, Mr. Gibson, there's mm-hmm. a few hours left to secure one of the um, first release Danhausen action figures. Uh, they're being sold by zombiesailor.com and uh, you can put in a pre-order now and it will be shipped in the second half of 2022. So a lot of big weight, <clears throat> but it looks pretty damn awesome. And uh, it's 45 US dollars and comes with a little jar of teeth. Unfortunately, oh, really? it does. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, uh, I was so tempted I was like, oh, I don't need any more wrestling yeah. figures, but the jar of teeth might have actually sold me on it. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think they ship to Australia, but I have sent them a question, so hopefully they'll reply quickly and I can work out whether or not I'll get one. Um, <laughs> so um, although uh, we've been um, we've been uh, appropriately um, uh, kind and offering well wishes to uh, a uh, the the the, the, the Senior member of the AEW um, uh, announced team, JR, um, uh, in the last week or two, and maybe not so kind before that. Uh, well, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, only about his commentary, not about his illness. Exactly right. Exactly He's done something today which I am really surprised about. Uh, anyway, Thunder Rosa um, uh, posted a tweet uh, showing off her. Marvelous behind in um, in uh, uh, maybe not, not Central Park but Times Square or maybe somewhere somewhere big in in, in in somewhere noteworthy in New York. He retweeted it with simply the word "all upcase." Wow, <laughs> with a um, uh, with a with a peach, I think in it. Uh, so I uh, don't think that was appropriate, Jim. Don't think that was appropriate. Anyway, in other news, uh, Johnny Gargano and Kylo Riley have hit the open market, mm. and um, uh, I wonder where they're going to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thirty-eight, thirty-eight new shirts for uh, Johnny Gargano have uh, appeared on Pro Wrestling Tees, so he's not going back to the Federation anytime soon. Dude, can I just say quickly? Dude, I saw that on Twitter this morning, 
and immediately fell back in love with Johnny Gargano. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like as soon as I saw like the one-eyed logo and you know, they just immediately I was like, oh, I just can't, just can't wait to you know. I mean, we throw a lot of shade on WWE, and it is all deserved. But there was a good four or five years of NXT that was the equivalent of what AEW is now doing now. And Johnny Gargano was such a big part of that. And um, I just can't wait to see him be one of the best wrestlers on earth in AEW. It's, it's going to be stupendous. Yeah, I can't help but agree that um, not, not only him, but, you know, there are many, many members of their, their roster that I think are incredible performers and I wish them the best. And, I, I, you know, I, um, uh, I look forward to seeing them do uh, other more creative stuff outside of that company um, in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man, even just seeing Jonah Rock on uh, – oh, sorry, it's just Jonah uh, on Impact um, and being allowed to be the big beast of a man that he is and play that character mm. – immediate the change is immediate like when you see him come down the ramp in impact you're like holy shit who's this guy <laughs> you know and it just again reaffirms to me how confounding all of the booking decisions in wwe have been over the last five years on the main roster it just it's almost like it's a company run by a syphilitic senile old man and uh in other big news a few minutes ago, Matt Hardy posted on Twitter, I feel extremely good about the future. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. We don't – I wasn't going to um, – I purposely wasn't going to – you know, there's an episode back in the – you know, you can go back and listen to it if you want, me talking about the Jeff Hardy um, booking from last year, which I thought was disgusting. Um, considering that he had just gotten sober and come back to WWE. And anyway, you can go back and listen to that if you want. It's me ranting for 15 minutes about nothing but that angle. <laughs> um, and obviously the last week or so has been sort of troubling for anyone who's a Hardy Boys fan or a Jeff fan or a human being. Uh, you know, <laughs> this he's obviously – well, not obviously, but it appears that maybe there's been some lapses in in his recovery and all that kind of thing. And then earlier in the week, he was released from WWE. And there's a lot of things flying around the internet about how he refused um, for WWE to pay for his rehab and all that kind of thing. He's obviously unhappy. Um, if he does end up in AEW with Matt, that's great. And look, I'll just caveat all of this with the most important thing is Jeff's recovery and his health. That's the most important thing. But I just, I've seen a lot of bad faith takes on Twitter in the last couple of days from WWE stands saying, oh, you can't you can't blame WWE for someone's addiction and da 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 And I'm not doing that. But what I would say as someone who is in recovery himself, having to go to work for four months and constantly be ridiculed for your recovery couldn't have helped. Yeah, I'll just I, say that. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't aware of this because um, I've actively avoided watching their content for quite some time. Um, and um, I have only um, been able to just, you know, throw wild theories out there as to why. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, my wife was asking me on Thursday night when I watched Dynamite, like, why is, why is Matt in AEW and Jeff's still over there? Like, what, what happened there? And I don't know exactly why Matt left, 
But um, I just figured that Jeff was happy getting a gig, and he was mm. the, the the you know the, the the paycheck was good enough, and he it was just rolling with the punches. But um, from I, what I, I know, is that WWE uh, that was the sort of last round of contract negotiations where they threw a whole bunch of money at people. That's when AJ Styles got that five year million dollar a year contract and uh, Gallows and Anderson got a huge contract and they really went after Jeff Hardy as well in that round of contract right. negotiations but not Matt ah. so I think Matt was like well fuck you I'm, I'll go over here and then yeah so yeah okay well that explains that um, but because um, Vince has always seen Jeff as the star and Matt as nothing right I mean they've, like, they've basically booked the Hardy boys like that since 1999 right <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, I've always thought they were better together, just just performing together. But um, yeah. Uh, moving on, um, uh, maybe, maybe um, there's a bit there that uh, where where Jeff's realised that, um, and you know, I'm and absolutely, I'm just throwing wild theories out there. I have no evidence to back this up, but um, you know, maybe his creative side. Has has really you know pushed elbowed out that that um, that part of him that just wants a wants a paycheck and he's realised look I've got to got to get out of this contract so um, yeah he's found a way to do it uh, I don't know maybe we also don't know if there's been a lapse in his recovery either I mean the only part of the story I know is that he was at a house show and got out of the ring went into the crowd and walked off that's it that's it <laughs> and so. If he was, you know, let's say he was drunk or high or something, I don't think they would have let him go out to the ring in the first place. So maybe he just had a moment like a lot of us have post-pandemic and during the pandemic where they've gone, you know what, I don't want to fucking work here anymore Mm -hmm. and just walked off. And if that's what he's done, then he should be applauded for it as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Goddamn right. (laughs) Anyway, we'll see what happens. But most importantly, obviously, Jeff's... Mental and physical health is the most important thing. But to see it would be great the same way that we're getting with Christian um, and and to and Sting, it would be nice to see a Hardy Boys run in AW where they're done right, you know? You bet. Um, I would that would be really nice. Treated well, yep. Uh, is that all the news we've got? Yeah, man, that wraps it up. Let's get into it. Cool. Um yeah, Dynamite and Rampage coming from uh, Long Island, uh, New York this week. How do we know? Don't worry. You'll hear about it. Uh, MJ- <laughs> we start with MJF's music hitting uh, and CM Punk walks down the aisle uh, and he goes really hardcore about New York. He calls MJF an incel, which I thought was pretty good. That was almost up there with uh, Cooking Meth Punk the week before. Um saying that MJF can't comprehend just being friends with a woman when it doesn't come down to sex, basically. Uh, he says that MJF isn't as good as <laughs> Roddy Piper in <laughs> Frog Comes to Helltown, which is one of the most bizarre, poor B action movies of all time. I just thought that was a nice little nod to the Rowdy, to the Roddy Piper. <laughs> right, that was <laughs> stands out there. Okay, I, I, I was... I was scratching my head. I was thinking, was that a was that some shitty pay per view that they had? It's Roddy Piper. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great so the <laughs> GCW needs to call a, a pay per view from comes to Hell's Town. Um, <laughs> it was essentially Roddy Piper's other movie. Right. I think it was the next movie he did after They Live. 
and it was not great. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> essentially CM Punk makes the MJF CM Punk match a number one contenders match in in this promo, basically saying that whoever w- you know wins this feud is pretty much the number one contender. Yeah, he says, I um, want next. Yeah. I reckon he wants next too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, this was an uncomfortable promo to watch, not because it was bad, but because there was a – it was a hero purposely trying to antagonise an audience uh, – or, sorry, a face trying to purposely antagonise an audience. And we spoke about this during the week where um, – well, at, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But I, I just, I kind of enjoyed the uncomfortableness of this. And I, I thought it was Punk answering, in kayfabe, I thought it was Punk trying to answer the PG Punk, bar, you know, um, barbs of MJFs. But, Paulie, were you a fan of this constant New York, Chicago stuff in this promo? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it, it was, um, it was, uh, the lowest of low hanging fruit, and um, uh, it it really showed just exactly how easy it is to exploit this ridiculous tribalism that there is in the states mm. you know, between you know city states versus you know city cities and states versus other cities and other states. Um, like I can't imagine, I can't imagine if uh, if there was uh, someone uh, you know um, ragging on Adelaide. Out in in a in a, in, Mel- in a Melbourne sporting stadium or something like that. I mean, um, it, it it wouldn't really get over as much. I mean, sure, it, when it comes to actual football teams or something like that, you know, you talk about the team, um, and, and people are very very dedicated to their team. And if, if the they go and watch a home match, they're you know biased against the opposition. Hmm. But you know, after the game, it's like, yeah, yeah, good on you. You played well. It's really, <laughs> we really don't yeah. have that in Australia. Um, so that yeah. is a very Chicago, New York thing, though. From what I've seen and heard, that's right. like they're the two cities who really hate each other. But I mean, that being said, um, his his little little heel heel spot there um, was. Incredibly successful, so mm. you know it was a it, it was a very very easy thing to do, but Jeezy did it well. So yeah, look, it, it was it was really good to to help setting up the the next next few beats for the title shot. So um, yeah, well, I liked it. And one thing that I, I did decide to do when I watched this broadcast was um, grade. So I gave this one a B plus. <laughs> oh, I like this. Let's do that. Um, <laughs> I, you know what, I'm going to give it a B which is sacrilege for me with the CM Punk promo, but for all of the reasons that, like, I enjoyed it, I just thought it, I don't know how well it was delivered. And this is one of those things where the greats make a rod for their own back, right? That, like, if they don't knock it out of the park every time they do something, you're like, well, D+. Plus. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I, what it was for me was a reminder of how good a heel CM Punk actually is. And uh, once he gets, um, when that happens properly, uh, it's going to be a real fucking fun time watching Dynamite every week because uh, I really, we're starting to cultivate some very good baby faces in AEW and I would like to see him punk. CC and Punk tear them apart. <laughs> yeah, and that last little comment that he had um, was was 
pretty notable because in, there's there's many many times when I've seen a heel just call the the audience dumb or poor. Mm. But he calls them chicken shits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I, the dismissiveness of like, hey, that's your guy. You know, Dennis Rodman was my guy. You know, basically like, hey, man, I've liked pieces of shit before as well. <laughs> <laughs> MJF wants to be your guy. Uh, speaking of MJF, we get a um, a filmed promo uh, all about long, uh, MJF being from Long Island. Very funny. Strong reminder of why I love AEW with this promo, just tongue firmly in cheek. Uh, they're not so far up themselves that they can't take the piss out of themselves from time to time and um, and pro wrestling, full stop, you mm-hmm. know, and it's nice to do that because it is a kind of ridiculous thing even though we all love it and it's nice to be reminded of that. Um, <laughs> and I... Uh, <laughs> Sorry just to butt in there, but um, uh, I, uh, I was at a, a, a function earlier today where I, where I, I met up with someone who's uh, also a, a wrestling fan and there were other people there and I could feel their glares. And, I, <laughs> and um, uh, it just reminded me of conversations that I've had with people and they're like, pro wrestling? But it's just stupid. And I'm like, yeah, it is stupid. Yeah, it absolutely is. That's <laughs> why it's it. so great. You know, like stop being so serious. You don't have to be an adult 24-7. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, you know, like this was all about MJF's uh, uh, sporting uh, career in high school, just showing his Long Island credentials. The only thing, uh, was this a bridge too far seeing he is such a heel? to try and turn him into a kind of stone-cold tweener for this one episode of Dynamite. No, I think it was great because um, it'll never happen again. This is the only place that, that he'll – there were MJF chants. I've never heard MJF chants. <laughs> yeah, no, no, man, it was crazy. It was crazy. Uh, this all rolled into MJF coming to the ring for the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. That does not roll off the tongue. I actually had to practice that before we <laughs> before we started recording today. Um, for the first time, we almost saw MJF break. Uh, he hasn't broken character for two and a half years, and he almost did on the way down to the ramp. Oh, when he was on the ramp. Yeah, sorry, the, the stage. He was on his knees and, yeah, he yeah, was now, broken I up love. I don't <laughs> know if some of that was in character, but I feel like... <laughs> There was a tiny moment there. We almost saw him get emotional in front of his hometown. Yeah. Uh, hey, which um, was I've listened cool. to uh, a couple of podcasts uh, recently where both uh, Ruby Soho and Adam Cole said that um, All Out uh, was their uh, their highlight of their wrestling career mm. because of the amazing, the amazing response that they got from the crowd. And that is... That little bit that you were talking about, that's what MJF was soaking up because he's never had that before. Yeah, that's true. And we a weird crowd this week. I, I bring them up a couple of times throughout uh, Dynamite and Rampage. They're, they're super excited at this point, kind of tepid for the rest of Dynamite. I don't know if you picked up on that, but there were – anyway, the, we'll get to that later in the episode. Uh, I love a battle royal, was excited for this match. Um, I'll just quickly go through it. Moriarty was first to be eliminated. Matt Hardy eliminated Jay Lethal uh, because of some brass knucks work. Uh, then Dante Martin eliminated Matt Hardy. 
uh, Wardlow and Big Hobbs squared off. People got excited for this, and then Leo mm-hmm. Rush eliminated Will Hobbs. Um, Leo Rush and Lee Johnson trying to eliminate Wardlow. MJF tips all of them out because he's MJF. <laughs> then he low bridges Frankie Kazarian. Uh, and then we've only got Dante Martin. He, not only did he tip all of them out, he tipped out Wardlow. Yes, which is which carries on that simmering story that's been going on for about six months now, or maybe even longer, of Wardlow versus MJF. Um, Dante Martin's now in the ring with uh, Ricky Starks. Uh, you called it, man. Dante Martin turns on <laughs> Ricky Starks. I did. Uh, which means that he'll take on MGF. Now, I was a little bit confused. I assumed the winner of this battle royal would win the ring, but this was just to win the chance to wrestle MJF next week, yeah, even they, though it, MJF was in the battle royal. It wasn't It wasn't really explained very well, or, or maybe they just decided to change the booking um, because I think um, it was... Uh, either in the pro- the promos leading up to Dynamite, or maybe um, or maybe at the end of last week's show, I can't remember when they when they announced that the the, uh, the remaining two competitors would face off. I mm. thought, as you say, that there would just be one left and they would get it. But oh well, they're they're making this Winter Is Coming show bigger and bigger. Yeah, I mean, I'm cool with it. It just uh, the the it would have made way more sense to not have MJF in the Battle Royal if the if the carrot of the match was to wrestle MJF. What happens if MJF wins? Of course he's going to win. <laughs> but what happens if MJF... I don't know. It, yeah, anyway, it seems strange. Ricky Starks beats down uh, Dante Martin. MJF runs back looking like he's going to do the save for Dante and joins in, starts beating him up. Here comes old man Punk uh, <laughs> down for the save. Uh, did this Double cross land at all, Paulie? Uh, it did not. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, uh, I, I love Dante Martin, uh, but he is very young and he needs to work on his character work and his facial expressions and his selling uh, because, um, like, we had to rely on uh, Excalibur to tell us that he'd torn off the FTW um, patch. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Um, he, no. he should have. He should have sold that. He should have found the camera. He should have ripped it off. He should have, you know, at least changed his facial expression. It was just yeah. blank. So because of that, it was pretty obvious afterwards for the next few minutes, and then for the the rest of the night, Taz was selling it over and over again. I can't believe this happened. I'm going to sue. My lawyers suck. My lawyer. Oh, that bit was weird when he just kept on saying that his lawyers sucked. But anyway. Um, <laughs> so Taz yeah, is just having fun, I think, at the yeah. moment. <laughs> Taz, yeah, Taz realised that 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 didn't that didn't really uh, come off as well as they they hoped, and so he was making sure that it was sold properly. So you know, good on you, Taz. Um, but this worked well to set up a whole bunch of feuds. Um, I think uh, you know Hobbs and Wardlow, Wardlow, absolutely. Mm. Leo and Ricky Starks. It's definitely going to happen. Um, and uh, I, I don't know how they're going to book the MJF Dante match, but it's obvious that MJF's going to win. Um, uh, what else did I notice? Oh yeah, I did like when um, MJF came to the ring. That uh, on his way, he made sure he found the bro sections, and they just <laughs> lined up for some back slapping with all the bros. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, very cool. Very cool. They, yeah, I mean, it's just another thing that. Um, 
it just feels like the audience is part of the show and you don't feel like that as much with WWE. I, I will say WWE, I I mean, they don't book well for their fans, but it, the, the performers, the wrestlers are always pretty good to their fans when they can be. I do notice that. You know? Yeah. So... Look, this um, was this was action packed at the end. It was it was fast and fun, and um, uh, as I said, sets up some good feuds and kept the hometown happy because that uh, the the heel work that MJF did, just hiding behind Wardlow and coming out for a cheap shot here and there, beautiful. B minus, B minus. Um, I really enjoyed this. I re- I really I really like battle royals. Um. I feel like maybe we could uh, get an AEW pay-per-view around a Royal Rumble type thing. I would be so into that. Um, just do the exact same gimmick and call it something else. They, they can't do. see you. The Casino Battle Royal. Yeah, see. but they do the four. I, I don't like the five wrestlers. I don't like the card the gimmick. Oh, okay. You know, just have <laughs> people coming out individually and maybe they'll slightly do that over time. I'm going to give this a B. I yep. promise I'm not giving everything a B in this, <laughs> in this match. Oh, my grades definitely vary, I'll tell you now. <laughs> uh, Lucha Express and the Varsity Blondes versus 2.0 and the claimed- That's the Jurassic Express. Oh, what did I say? Lucha Express. Lucha. Jurassic Express, sorry, my bad. Uh, I, I'd like to see these teams in tag matches. I feel like Tony K is trying to, he's falling in the trap of trying to get everyone on TV at once. And I just think less is more, in my opinion. I'm going to keep banging on about this until I see tag team, tag teams actually wrestling in tag teams. I know we get it later on, like, but uh, anyway. Um, yeah, look, um, a, a good friend of ours said um, many years ago, uh, I'm pretty sure that was Kevin, he said that um, uh, he finds it hard to invest in matches when there are too many people involved, because mm. there's it's too it's too hard to be able to tell what the story is that's being yeah it's being told. You can't you can't you know, really identify that you've got a a protagonist and an antagonist and be able to see the twos and fro's well enough because it just gets blurry. And mm. this was one of those cases. It was fine for some basic pro wrestling from decent workers. But there was nothing creative going on. There's really not much storytelling. C. Yeah, I, I. The one thing that came through to me in this match was that the comms desks of Taz, Tony, and Excalibur should be the desks moving forward. Um, I think having a face and a heel with a special comments guy or the play-by-play guy, perfect. The three of them all work really well together. Loved it, and I only noticed that in this match because I agree with you. I thought. There was some nice chain wrestling um, and it escalated the Eddie Kingston-Daniel Garcia feud, which I think is going to end in a trios match um, with Proud and Powerful and Eddie versus Garcia and 2.0, which I'm into. Oh, you bet. Um, Jungle Boy got the win with a snare trap on this one, but, uh, yeah, I agree, man. I'd probably even go as far as to say a C-minus, which is probably being a bit harsh, but I just didn't. No, you know, I love all the tag teams in this. I really do. But I, um, well, mate, 2.0 is pro- that's probably being a bit over the top with 2.0. I don't know anything about 2.0 yet, but um, just nothing got me. It did. Yeah. This match just didn't jag me at all. At the wasn't. end of it, um, Eddie tried to cut a promo to the camera, but the audio wasn't working. So that was a bit frustrating. Um, yeah. And uh, then 2.0 and Garcia run in, and uh, he's got. Um, 
Santana with him. Mm. Taz calls it a damn shoot fight. Hmm, really? Cool. Yeah. Well, everyone <laughs> um, knows what that means now. Let's just use the terminology, you know. <laughs> and uh, we give it a one for the pull-apart pull counter for the week. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to ask you, you just wheeled in this big giant counter behind you and <laughs> added a one to it. How many, Do you know how many we're up to now? Is that four, five? Uh, just for the week. Just the one. Oh, I mean, overall, are we going to do a Simon Miller surprise roll-up count for the whole year and see how many pull-aparts <laughs> there are on AEW? <laughs> no, I'm, a, I'm just going to try to keep track of the pull-aparts. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> uh, later later on, I, I was trying to – I counted something else, and we'll get to that, and I think I just lost I lost track of it. No, <laughs> it's all good, man. You don't have to count the pull-aparts. I'm just being a dickhead. Um, oh, I'm going if, to. I'm going uh, to. Oh, okay, cool. Well, we are going to go – right, that's it. We are counting them. Uh, <laughs> well, good then. Do it. <laughs> Fine. Uh, FTR, oh, <laughs> FTR tell us uh, there's a tie, There's going to be a, a title match on Rampage. So the match that we were meant to get last week, um, we're going to get this week. Uh, yeah, that seems very soon. <laughs> they mm. seem, to be, seem to be very anxious to get this out of the way and do it right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but we had all these teasers about Jurassic Express taking it next. So, what's going to happen? Oh. They are the number one contenders, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be next in line, <laughs> which is confusing. <laughs> anyway, uh, next up, we've got Young Bucks versus Chaos, uh, or well, Chuck Taylor and uh, Rocky Romero representing Chaos with Orange Cassidy in their corner. Bucks matches are always enjoyable. Um, Cole puts Orange Cassidy on his ass at ringside, which is just gently escalating the feud between the two of them. Um, the thing that really stuck out for me in this match, outside of the amazing wrestling that was in it, is Brandon Cutler plays that role of dweeb uh, lackey so well, man. Like he's he's found his little is role. N- no one better. Yeah, the, like. Um, you know, it's. I feel probably a bit sorry for him because I'm sure that's not his dream is to be, you know, a kind of manager. You know, he Stooge. obviously wants to be a wrestler, but he's so good at it. Like, uh, he just really entertains me. Uh, box get the uh, the box. The Bucks get the win <laughs> with a Meltzer driver on Rocky Ramiro. Uh, Paul, where would you rate this Trent Beretta? Uh, where would you rate this return of Trent Beretta and Sue after this match? Uh, with a, with a letter, I would give it an A. <laughs> <laughs> Trent looks amazing. What did you? Th- what, what what were your thoughts on all of this? It was quite a bit in here. Yeah. Um, look, the, the Young Bucks. Gee, <laughs> their experience and and class just shows through so instantly yeah. and and continuously um, yeah they they controlled the pace of this match so well um you, you had had time to be able to soak in all of the beats you could see what was going on um they did some great amazing um typical crazy double team young buck spots um you know i'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to remember them all there was just you know some great showboating some great kicks and just really Superb, entertaining wrestling. Uh, look, the Rocky Romero, the Rocky Romero was really good too. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah. There were probably a couple of bits a little, little bit sloppy, but you know they 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 were able to cover it up really quick. Um, uh, 
then look, I was I was about to give it this uh, uh, a similar rating as the um, the opening bit, but then when um, when Trent came out and the the commentators were selling his uh, physique so well, and he came out and cleared the ring. Um, I I always love a good um, good return, hmm. and so I give this an A minus. Great. Yeah, man. I think if we're putting all of it together, the the match and and Trent and Sue, anything with Sue in it, I'm giving an A. Um, I love I love Sue. I love a stupid minivan. I love that Trent's not too much of a tough guy to get a kiss off his mum before he goes to work. Uh, <laughs> I think. Um, and I'm also super excited. I mean, this is kind of just as much as for my excitement of seeing uh, Chuck and Trent as a tag team because I think they were just starting to hit their straps when Trent got injured. And um, it also just, like, I'm just much more interested in the best friends now that Trent's back, right? You know, like, um, not um, to rag on Yuta too much, and, and we will talk about him on Rampage, I'm sure, but... Um, and he's done a serviceable job trying to replace Trent, but they're just a much better faction with with Trent Beretta in there. So yeah, yeah I all agree. Up, and um, I, I think that their um, um, their highlight was a match against Santana and Ortiz in the car. Yeah, park. the car park match. Yeah, Whoa. just stupendous. Sorry. So did, did you uh, did you drop a rating on this one? No, I'm going to give it an A. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, just uh, for overall presentation and. If you were going to show someone, if you're going to try and get someone on board with AEW, I think you could show them this match and and the return of Trent afterwards, because it's got all the silliness of AEW, but some serious wrestling and the amazing chain wrestling at the Bucks, but uh, you know, and and Rocky, you know, great uh, in ring stuff with um, Chuck and Rocky as well. I just thought all of it was great. I was thoroughly entertained. Solid, um, absolutely solid. Yep. Next up, we've got uh, young Sammy Guevara on uh, the stage, and he's being interviewed by veteran uh, broadcaster Tony Schiavone. And um, he's about to answer a question, and then all of a sudden we hit we hear Cody Rhodes' music, and he comes out of the face tunnel. Cody is as much of a baby face as Brian Danielson is at this <laughs> stage, and... <laughs> He comes out and says, hey, man, uh, basically has booked himself to wrestle against. I mean, we've just got From full, one good guy to the next. Yeah, we've we just got full Triple H 2004 here. <laughs> He's booked himself into the TNT title match. Um, and I, I thought Sammy sold this really well as well of like. And you know, so, did he, so did Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Yeah, man. Well, that that you know they appear. I'm big fans of both of these guys. Uh, I, you know, Scorpio versus Sammy match I'm up for as well. Um, Polly, have we been worked for a year and a half by Cody Rhodes? You goddamn right, we have. <laughs> <laughs> we have, right? I've turned. Yeah, man. I'm on board. It's <laughs> so great. It's so great. There were there was just like a few little little moments that really pushed me over the edge when he said, first of all, from one one good guy to the next, yeah. and then when he stepped towards the heel tunnel and thought, honor, oh, <laughs> I go the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yes, yeah. Just following okay. up from that, I do not turn. <laughs> Uh, promo that he cut a few weeks ago where people look, what the fuck, man? You're a fucking heel, man. Which I th- I'm pretty sure we did that on the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> and then, yeah, in a, in a minute, um, Ethan Page <sighs> says exactly what we're thinking. He says, of course, yeah. the EVP who kisses Tony Khan's ass gets a title match, but I had to work my butt off. <laughs> yeah, and he's right. I mean, he's right. <laughs> yeah, but now I know it's intentional. Finally. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for weeks I've been like, is it? I feel like I, uh, it can't. He's not that dumb. There's no way. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, I was swerved as well. I, I feel like he's been booking this since the QT shit, and like I feel like it's been going on for months and months and months and months. <sighs> yep, he definitely had me worked. Okay, so <laughs> um, look, I, 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 I don't. I f- While I was watching the episode, I, I didn't really think that I was going to bother um, grading promos, but this one, a. Yeah, I, I think for everything that happened in it and for that moment of like, ah, oh, you piece of shit, <laughs> uh, you've got to give it an A just for overall. There was a part of me like, all right, here we go. All right. <laughs> you know, I was so excited. And, again, this is something that AEW does really well on their weekly television of – Uh, paying things off or at least moving things forward. And even if there are certain points in shows where it dips and you're like, "Eh," you know, like the four-man tag match from before, usually there'll be some follow-up the week after or the week after that that pays it off in some way, um, which is what's so enjoyable about watching AEW. So, yeah, an A from me as well, man. Okay, we're 40 minutes in already. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we've, we've, we've only got a little bit to go, so we'll fly through these. Uh, Jamie Hayter versus Riho. Riho gets the win in this one with running knees uh, and is the number one contender in the women's division. Um, was a good story told in this in this match? You bet it was, yeah. yeah. Um, look, this was, this was a really uh, top-quality showing from Jamie Hayter. I haven't seen her do anything anything better than this. Um, and uh, like you said uh, last week, the the um, the opportunity you have to be able to tell a good story with the the, the small versus tall is is always um, intriguing, and they worked it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Riho was being absolutely ragdolled for quite a while. Um, she managed to uh, like um, step away from a, um, <clears throat> a dive to the corner from from Hader, got some offense in. Pulled off an amazing uh, crucifix bomb, and then um, to avoid a power slam from Hader, hit a running knee, three count, beautiful. It was just mm. great, really good. B plus. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this match. Um, yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I, I. I'm trying not to copy your ratings. That's why I've stumbled there for a second. So I was going <laughs> to give it a B plus as well, but. Um, yeah, I think that's probably where it is. It, like, um, I want to give it more, but I don't. I just don't think it deserves to get up into the A's just yet. But no. I thought I've heard some negativity towards Jamie Hayter in the sense of like, oh, I think she's a bit green and a bit boring. And I, I just thought this match blew all of that bullshit away. Um, and and people are a hundred percent behind Riho, so love it. Yep. Love it. Um, amazing what happens when you book the, the ladies on TV. Uh, Paul, was the Serena Deeb and uh, Hikaru Shida video promo a good one? Well, look, <laughs> normally I ignore little bits like this 
because they just are really dull and slow. But this rocked. Um, yeah, I I really like both of these performers, so they probably you know uh, coloured my opinion. Some of them I think are just a bit grey, a bit bland, but these two I really like. And um, I can tell that Sheeta has done a lot of work to improve her uh, her uh, English as a second language. Mm. Um, she was really deliberate and and um, uh, not quite sort of menacing, but you know, um, uh, yeah. Look, she was uh, she was really intense and really deliberate, and uh, it came across really well. Um, mm. And Sharina. D- uh, um, uh, Serena, Serena Deep, Serena yeah. Deep, yeah. She needs more screen time. She is great. Yeah, man. The you bet. Uh, Do you remember it from the Straight Edge Society in WWE I, with I Punk? I don't, and- but I do. Uh, I do remember um, hearing that they've got history. That I don't remember the the actual. Um, it was a cool though. little gimmick that lasted. You know, your typical WWE thing where it lasted like one cycle, right. maybe a couple of pay per view cycles, and then it was just disbanded. Yeah, so um, uh, uh, even though I said I wasn't going to bother with uh, promo gradings, this one, another A. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this as well. I'll probably just I'll, I'll go with a B with this one, um, but I did really enjoy it. And, again, like it just keeps reinforcing what we're saying. And I don't think this is anything that Tony Khan and the EVPs aren't aware of, but if you just have a little promo that goes for a minute and a half like this, it informs a story. Yep. So when we do see these guys on TV again, people could be like, oh, that's, this is what's happening with these two, mm-hmm. rather than just a random, like, oh, he's Nyla Rose versus Penelope Ford. Why? Because eh, they're ladies, you know? <laughs> like, exactly, yeah. You know, give them some stories to fight around, you know? Anyway, yeah. this was great. Well, I, so. I accept that my grade's probably biased here because I'm a big fan of these two, but look, this was this was efficient, you know, and, and it, did the job so well, and they, they both looked really good. They both came. Yeah, it was great. Maybe well. I'll change mine to a B plus. It was, it was, <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, next up, we got Bar City Blondes confronted by Malachi Black, who blows mist into Julia Hart's eyes. Um, your what did what do you think of the mist gimmick? Look, I, I get that they're trying to put over how creepy and scary and nasty he is, but spitting mist for me has always been a bit gross and lame. Like even mm. when there was, um, I, I, I was trying to think of his name earlier, but it, it does escape me. You'll probably remember it. But there was a um, there was a Japanese wrestler who used to do it a lot. I think it was Green uh, when he used to. Yeah, uh, I know exactly who you're talking about, and I cannot um, remember his name yeah. either. <laughs> and I just thought, oh, what? That's just yeah, gross and lame. I don't know, and it just it doesn't come across to me as being something that is like a scary heel thing to do. I really like Malachi Black. Hmm. I, he's capable of more than that. Oh. What I will say about this, um, I thought Julia Hart sold this really well. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, I thought she sold it really, really, really well. Uh, you'd already kind of given me, because you'd sent through your notes, so I sort of had the heads up of like, now this is a bit of a lame duck segment. Um, so I was even more surprised by like Julia Hart's selling of it like she mm. you know it really i have not really thought about julia hart once since she's been on the show <laughs> but besides the fact of like well she's a pretty girl you know like um and she seems very bubbly and nice and stuff that's it yeah uh, this was my, the my first time me, i was like she oh, related to natty <laughs> yeah but you know yeah i don't think, I don't, I don't think i don't think she's a heart <laughs> um uh this this 
gave me a reason to be like, oh, wow, she's a really good performer. And, um, yeah, maybe we should try and get her on TV. Okay, I assume I'm she's gonna, um, a, a wrestler, right? Uh, I don't think she's been in the ring that uh, – hmm, I'll have to look that up afterwards. Um, anyway. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the um, uh, play devil's advocate to myself. Um, <laughs> maybe, just because they are really good at telling stories, maybe what's going on here is that the um, the demon persona that Malachi is representing, which is kind of like he's being um, possessed through a wound in his eye, hmm. he is now possessing others by wounding their eyes with the black mist. Right. So we'll find that Pack will become the first member of the House of Black, followed by Julia Hart, followed by whoever is missed next. Yeah, I mean, that is great. That's great storytelling. And now that's all I want to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you tune in every week to see the House of Black uh, come to fruition. I mean, that's a that yeah. Look, that's that actually makes a lot of sense in my head. And it would be great to see Julia Hart transform from you know cheerleader to cheerleader to some sort of as long crazy. as it doesn't go full Alexa Bliss. Although <laughs> I'm one of the few people who are like, hey man, I think Alexa fucking sold that gimmick. You can you can hate on the gimmick, but Alexa sold it for a year and a half. You know. Um. Anyway, I love Alexa Bliss. Uh, <laughs> next up, we got Brian Danielson versus John Silver. Uh, Brian Danielson takes out the fourth member of the Dark Order with a chokehold. Then goes, oh, I forgot that I promised. You guys, I was going to kick his head in. And so then kicks in Johnny Silver's head. <laughs> uh, Hangman Page comes out for the save. And we finally get a mild pop from this crowd for anything other than MJF. Um, Polly, was this the best segment of the night? I, I think it's um, it was up there with the Bucks match. So uh, I, um, I, I probably, even, probably even go a bit higher. I'll give it a slightly elevated A. I think I gave the other one an A-. minus. Um, Danielson came out looking a fucking million bucks. He's mm. just superb. Uh, and, um, oh, just a, a quick note that I took, uh, I looked up uh, when this started. I was asking you about the um, the weights of uh, Pack and, and um, Penta last week. Mm. Mm. Um, Johnny Hungy is five foot five and 81 kilos or 178 pounds. Yeah, right. So... Uh, muscly, muscly dude. Anyway, um, he would uh, he would a hundred percent be put in the two hundred five live <laughs> show on WWE, and just be called Hungy. <laughs> and his gimmick would be that he'd have to eat meat. He'd always be eating meat. Yes, backstage because he's the meat man. Um, the again with uh, the an element that i picked up from the bucks match uh, the the pacing and the cadence of this match was so well controlled uh and tony even pointed it out at one stage um he said uh because it's what it's what um danielson was doing by mm. showboating he said it's like he draws from the booze of the fans see his <laughs> fingers so that's what he was doing it's like pausing and then getting the fans involved come on boo me Boomy, mm. good. There we go, good. Now we've got a minute. 
Now I can turn around and kick his head in a bit more. It was just, <laughs> just superb. It's just, he's so like, and, and there was a really good, um, there was a really good uh, comeback where uh, Johnny Hungy got a few, got a few shots in. And he actually got him down for a, um, a, a German suplex, two count. The, 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 the expression on Danielson's face was selling a beautiful story by itself. Just, just mm. on his, this is what, this is what I missed from, Dante in his his um, yeah, double yeah. cross earlier yeah it was just just superb absolutely superb and and in a sense it gave me a bit of fear like you said before how they um you know some of these some of these great um, great performers and the the promotion itself is doing it somewhat of a disservice by being so good because we have the expectation level is set so high mm-hmm. like. What are we going to get out of this title match next week? And how how are they possibly going to write it so that um, so the stories work together? I mean, you're not going to beat you're not going to beat Hangman on his first defense. That is just not going to happen. Um, mm. And because he's like a huge baby face, that that AEW doesn't do that to their fans. Um, so and Danielson. Even though he's doing playing this not heel character, he yeah. everyone loves him because he's so he, goddamn good. He's a baby face, remember? <laughs> um, so the only thing that I can think is going to happen is that he will lose because of an injury, and then he'll have a couple of months off because he's been wrestling every single week for a while. Mm. And they just want to go home for the holidays. I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Pick it, and I—I I don't even have a fantasy booking in me for it. I—I'm the same as you. I—I I don't want to see this run end from Brian. Like I don't want to see him go home or anything like. That. I mean, if he does, fine. But I think we're just the thing that comes across to me watching this tonight uh, is how lucky we've been to have like the initial run of Mox, then Kenny Omega's, and now Brian Danielson in a row. As AEW fans, I mean, I know there's a, there's a whole bunch of other runs and wrestlers doing great things and stuff like that, but I just, in my head, you had those three guys in a row at the top of the card doing just amazing work for this company, and yeah, you're right. It could have been them and no one else, and you'd still watch the program. Oh, absolutely, yeah. If yeah. if they were the Roman Reigns of AEW, you'd still tune in every week to see those guys doing that stuff at the top of the card. So, um. Yeah, I mean, Hangman can't. I don't know either. Whatever happens, it will be surprising. Like they've booked it in a way where you don't. I mean, that's. I suppose that's great wrestling booking because you don't know who's going to win next week. Like I, I'm with you. I don't see them taking the belt off Hangman. You know, a month no. into his title reign, but I also can't see Brian Danielson being beaten. No, and they're not going to do a time limit draw because that's the way that they introduced Danielson yeah, against yeah. Omega. So that, that's, they, they wouldn't do that. It's repetitive. Um, and I did notice that throughout the episode and then throughout all of Rampage, not all of Rampage, but throughout <laughs> Rampage, Excalibur has been, every time that they do it, a Winter is Coming promo, he's like, you know you know what happened last time? Kenny Omega, the, t- the belt's changed at Winter is Coming. The belt's changed last time. So yeah. what's going to happen this time? He's like totally selling that the belt's going to change, but I I doubt it. But I just don't know how they're going to do so, it. They, it's great, man. It's yeah, so, great um, because there's effort in the storytelling, and they care, and you know it feels like wrestling stories being told from by wrestling fans. 
you know, who give a shit about our reactions. And that's what makes it so fun to watch every week and to talk about, you know. Yeah. So um, for the episode, I'm going to say it's a B plus. There were a few bits that dragged it down, even though so there was a, some A scattered around. Um, yeah, I will. I was actually going to say the exact same thing, which I, I feel like I've given the exact same <laughs> <laughs> grading as you on everything. Uh, but it, it was, it is a B plus, you know, I felt like, um, yeah, the, the four, the four man tag match was a bit meh and, uh, even the punk promo at the beginning wasn't, it didn't blow me away. And as much as enjoyable as the Royale was, it wasn't mind blowing. Um, yeah, B plus. But again, if this was, w, if this was raw, if this was an episode of raw, I'd give it an A plus. <laughs> I'd give it an A plus plus. Yeah. So it's, you it's your own fault, AEW, for being so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of rampage, let's jump into that quickly and and get through the um, Friday night show. Uh, we kicked off with the Lucha Bros versus FTR for the AEW Tag Team Title. This is the opening match. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, just unbelievable. Uh, what a wrestling match. Uh, Lucha Bros retain their AEW Tag Championships. Um, Just quickly, I've loved this angle so far. I'm happy that the Lucha Bros retained um, to build them up even even more. It makes a lot of sense. I I just really want to point out FTR's contribution to this match because I think a lot of people, because the Lucha Bros are so enjoyable to watch, I think FTR's contribution gets lost in it and when and that's why you end up having those reactions when they come out at the last pay-per-view and people are like yeah so you're not really like there's a reason why ftr have been in all your favorite tag team matches so far mm. since they came you know they 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 make other tag they make the baby faces look good exactly I, know, I was about to make the point the baby face is only as good as as the as the their opponent as as their heel opponent can be to make them look better. Yeah, and I I know I sound like needs a heel to hate. Exactly, and and just their in ring work. I mean, like they you know they they do a lot of they're um, they're the base for all the stuff that the Lucha Bros do a lot of the time as well. So they're you know just the strength and stuff that they have to have to be able to do that. Not to downplay how good the Lucha Bros are. I love them, but um, you know they're uh, uh, yeah. I could have watched this match for an hour and a half and would have been yeah, happy. Look, this was this was the bit that I mentioned earlier where I tried to do another count, and the count was the pin attempts, and I counted um, eight pin attempts from FTR to six for the Lucha Bros. Uh, I think I might have missed one or two because there was a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, there was. Um, hey, one thing I noticed about uh, FTR, and you pointed out that they are a, a great um, – um, uh, old time callback to the um, sort of what, what 70s or 80s team style yeah, of yeah. wrestler. Um, yeah, they don't wax. <laughs> no. And <laughs> Will was showing that off at one point. <laughs> yeah, because he's a man. Yeah, man well, men man, have yeah. chest hair. He was a manly yeah. man. Yeah, the creativity <laughs> in this, the comedy, the challenging physicality, like Phoenix's um, tightrope walking. Penta's dives into cash mm. to break mm. up the pin. Mm. The double team, double team pile driver at the end. Oh, solid A, 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 A all the way for this one. Um, and these guys, the Lucha Bros, they are one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why I like to watch this 
this this entertainment. It's because I sit back and just go, whoa, wow, oh my god, yeah. how did you do that? And it's just <laughs> brilliant. I love it. Uh, I was absolutely enthralled throughout this whole match, and um, I know I sound like a broken record when it comes to FTR and tag team wrestling, but it's I cannot reiterate it enough. FTR are my favorite tag team. And it's because of matches like this. And it also shows how enjoyable tag team wrestling is when it's done right and given time on TV. Yep. I'm giving this an A+. Plus. A+. Plus. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I, 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 I thought about um, when, I, when I was reading, like comparing to one of the, some of the best, absolute best matches that I've seen. But then I thought, well, hang on. They're on pay-per-views typically. Mm. And this is a TV show. So you've got to factor that in. So <laughs> yeah. as a TV show match, this is definitely an A, and I can see why you gave it an A class. Yeah. I mean, I, I know people immediately be like, oh, so what's F, you know, what's Lucha Bros versus the Bucks in the cage? Is that A++? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's A++. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Seven we, stars. They're our rules. <laughs> we can make them up as we go. We, yeah, next week we might do a star rating, whatever. <laughs> Deal with it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, if you haven't watched this match, if you if for some reason you're listening to our podcast and catch up on AEW stuff, go and find this match, watch it. It's brilliant. If you're trying to get people to watch AEW, show them this match. Oh yeah, this is a uh, great way to introduce you people. Know, to. If you've got a dad or a grandpa who used to watch wrestling back in the day and doesn't anymore because there's they're they're part of the Jim Cornette movement of there's too many flips and stuff. Get them to watch this match and maybe you'll get them back on board. Um, next up, we had Ruby Soho, Tay Conti, and Anna Jay versus The Bunny, Penelope Ford, and Nyla Rose. A couple of dangerous spots here invo- involving Nyla. Uh, this match bored me when Ruby wasn't involved. <laughs> yeah, look, <laughs> what I, did you think about that? I, I love all the faces. I think, um, yeah, Anna Jay, Tay Conti, and Ruby Soho are really really fun to watch they are um, athletic their timing's great they've got they're going to be put into some really good programs um uh and the heels were also in the match yeah <laughs> yeah i just i'm sorry but i just yeah i, I can't I, I just it's been two years it's been it's been two years of uh nyla rose getting pushed <laughs> and um I, I just don't like her. I, I just she just doesn't jag me. She doesn't get me yeah. in. You know when she's wrestling, I I, I get very bored. Pen- Penelope and and the Bunny are the probably the two worst wrestlers on the women's roster, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think all three of these guys. I think all three of the heels in this are middling at best. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was great yeah. to see six women get some airtime. Yes. Uh, however, yes. D. Uh, yeah, wow. Fuck. I, I thought I was going to be super harsh by giving, <laughs> giving it a, I was going to be like, well, you know, Ruby Soho was great, and so C minus, and then you're just like, D. Um, yeah, maybe I'll drop mine down. Yeah. I did not like seeing her head bounce off the, the mat like yeah, that. Yeah, it was, it was really boring. I mean, yeah, I'm going to give it a D minus. I'm dropping my grade down because uh, it was just. All right, you grade first next time. <laughs> no, it was shit. No, it's good to have something to bounce off because I, I was like, oh, I don't want. I, the reason why I didn't, you know, I was almost going to be like F, 
But um, mm. the reason why I didn't was because Ruby Soho is great. I really like her. And I thought there she were had two people- or three good spots. There was a step yeah. up in Seguri that was really nice. I thought there were people trying. And I also don't want to be one of those marks that's like really harsh. But this just bored me. I, I just found this match really, really boring. Anyway, uh, FTR attacks Sting and Darby during an interview. Um, are Darby and Sting a proper tag team now? <laughs> It seems so, but uh, this is something we should keep count of, the number of wrestlers who get attacked during interviews. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now it's been pointed out to me. I cannot help but notice it. I think we'll run out time. of ink. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing about this, and I don't know whether this was done purposely, but Sting and Darby looked like they were as far away from the ring as they could possibly be. Like they looked like they are in some weird storage room where mm-hmm. they stored like spare legs of chairs or something and, and FTR just appeared out of note like do they have trackers on each other and floor plans of, the, of these because in kayfabe right every week well not just in kayfabe but in in like in real life they're showing up to these arenas each week they don't know anything about it but somehow they managed to find two people out of 15,000, you know, at the exact time that they're being interviewed every time. Yeah, because they are really angry at them and they make sure that they employ spies to follow them. And then Why, why FTR the- angry with oh, Darby geez. and Sting? Tully wants to – yeah, Tully says at the end of this, one more time, Sting. Because they're going to Greensboro. Ah, and there's the WCW thing. I assume that's what that was. That's what that was. Yeah. So I I, I did a quick search on cage match, and I could I see that there were plenty of tag matches between um, Sting and was it Sting and Luger versus Yeah, Sting um, and Luger versus the Horsemen. Yeah, yeah, Tully and Arn. Yeah, yeah. But I couldn't see any reference to any singles matches, so um, I guess they're just going to do another tag because those two men in a singles match would be pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Tully versus Sting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Tully looked great in this promo. You see the little kick that he did to Sting's ankle <laughs> when FDR were beating him down. Uh I've really enjoyed Tully's work on AEW. I think it's I think it's great. Hey, um next up we had Fuego do del Sol versus uh Hook. The handsome devil, the old yeah. and a bag of chips. <laughs> Uh, Hook's theme is uh, an action Bronson tune, which is kind of cool. Um, Hook got the win here with a submission move that I think is the same as his dad's, although I feel like I might get a whole bunch of heat if that's incorrect, but I feel <laughs> like it was. Um, I hear that uh, people on the internet have got some things to say about Hook. Paul. Oh, he's a he's a very pretty man, very pretty man. <laughs> He was he was he was cool as a cucumber in yeah, this. Man. He was he was uh very, very impressive. I thought I thought it was gonna be a squash match over in like thirty seconds or something, but it wasn't. But however, um he he just he was just he just played it cool. He played it slow, he got some good wrestling moves in, he got some mat moves in, got some submissions in, let suit um you know, mine a bit of fuego offense, and he just brush him off, submitted him. Just really cool, and just casually walked out of the ring. He looked like looked like Heath Ledger. He was, he was like yeah. very uh, great presentation, great debut. A ah, oh, damn it, I gave my grade first. Oh. 
right, next time. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I think uh, AEW have uncovered another future star, another one. Um, and, uh, you know, it's weird because Hook's been around for 12 months and I never have really thought, is Hook going to wrestle? And then just out of nowhere, he debuts and uh, some little nods to his dad in the presentation. Um, but, yeah, man, he he's a fucking natural. It looks like he's been there for years and could be anything. I know that's almost become my catchphrase on, on this show, but he genuinely almost immediately puts himself in the same categories, Ricky Starks, Brian Pillman Jr. And, I mean, the the future is very rosy at AEW. You, know? you bet. Um, yeah, and then next up we had, you said to me, this is a strange, you just messaged me like, this is a strange main event. And it was a strange main <laughs> event, Paulie. We got Will Uta versus Adam Cole, baby. Uh, uh, I By the end of this, I was positive towards it, but I was kind of, while we got the interviews and stuff, I was like, man, there's so many fucking people involved in this and what is going on? What I did like about this by the end is that I felt like Cole showed himself as like the arsehole detached killer that he can be when he's a heel. I feel like so far there's been a lot of him having fun with his friends and blah, blah, blah. And we saw the Adam Cole who will just assassinate someone when he has to right at the end here. Um, I like the elite sending a message by beating down Orange Cassidy and then uh, after that, uh, yeah, sorry, they hit Orange Cassidy with one of the hardest nut shots I've ever seen in my life. I feel like that was a shot kick to the balls, brother, brother. Yeah. Um, and then a BTE trigger on Trent, who sold it really well, um, and it showed Cole and the Bucks as really nasty pieces of shit trying to put Trent back out on the shelf um, as soon as he comes back. And setting up this feud between... I think we're going to get Trent and Chuck versus the Young Bucks and uh, Orange Cassidy versus Adam Cole, which I'm up for both of those matches. But I would be interesting to see how you landed on this, considering when we both first started watching it, we're like, yeah. Well, I'm not far off my my original um, view. Uh, I thought this was, yeah, weird, weirdly placed. Um, it should have been, you know, maybe second. It shouldn't have been first. It shouldn't have been last. Maybe second. Um, it it had a lot of a sort of federation feel about it as to the way it was put in there, the quality of the match, and the mm. purpose of it being there. It was just I I, I was yeah a bit a bit speechless as I am now. I was just like, what's going on? This is just mm. to set up a program. This is just to set up the Cassidy Cole and the Elite versus Chaos program. Like, okay. Mm. Um, yeah. So, uh, okay, I'll finally do it for the last segment. What was your grade? <laughs> well, I, I get what you're saying. And the Yuta the Cole match, I didn't necessarily. I feel like this has been really harsh to, to Will Yuta because he obviously has some talent and seems like a nice dude but I just nothing's grabbed me with him. So the match itself I was a bit meh about. I probably would have been looking at a C or a C-, minus. but I did like the Gaga at the end as far as telling a story was concerned because we did, you know, as I said before, 
did get to see Colby a real bastard, and mm-hmm. he's very, very good at that. Um, so I think with that Gaga on the end, it probably bumps it up to a B minus for me because yeah. I don't mind that storytelling being told, but I do accept your criticism of it does feel a bit fed-ish. But um, yeah, B minus. Yeah, C for me. Um, look, and overall, I think uh, there were two brilliant segments, um, but some very disappointing stuff there. So it dragged it up to a B for the whole show. If they had reduced the women's match, uh, the amount of minutes for that, and maybe changed the scheduling for the Cole Uter, and um, I might have might have been more kinder. But mm. yeah, a B, a uh, an AEW Rampage B. Yeah, I'm going to give it a B minus. Uh, which is weird because I gave one of the matches an A+. Plus, mm. But it really does. I mean, the rest of, I mean, the girls' match was just so boring. It stank. It, it was just <laughs> so boring. So I feel like I've got to be, I can't give AEW an A+, plus every time I grade them on something. And uh, the Rampage wasn't as good as Dynamite, and I gave Dynamite a B+. Plus, so B-. minus. I think that's a very accurate review. But your fault, the, the fault is so not, me. FTR take no blame for that fault at all because they're the greatest tag team of all time. And the Lucha Bros are pretty good as well. Um, that's it, man. We did it. It's been a great week of uh, great week of AEW, even though we didn't uh, go wild with the ratings. We enjoyed what we enjoyed and uh, the rest of it, well, you know, we know where they're capable of, of doing better. Mate, one day just for fun. I know you would never do it, but we should review a episode of SmackDown and see what they get. I mean, we. <laughs> I mean, it would be D minus E plus category. It really would. Uh, anyway, if you do like WWE, I'm sorry, I don't mean to shit on your thing, but maybe broaden your horizons a little bit. Um, thank you so much for supporting us. We got. Uh, some chart positioning during the week, number five in the indie wrestling charts in on good pods is, is fucking ridiculous. And then number 10 in just the proper wrestling charts. I mean, that's insane. <laughs> so you guys do that. And thank you very much for, for making that happen. Um, because, you know, we've done this in the past and no one listened. So for people to be listening this time around is really nice that uh, we must be doing something right and that you guys are enjoying it. The way that you can help us and support us is just by keeping doing what you're doing, telling people about it, getting it out to more people and uh, getting on those charts and stuff. It's not, it's not, it doesn't just flatter Paul and I, and it does. Uh, it actually helps us get out to even more listeners again. So thank you for that. Um, I think that's it. Have you got anything else you want to add, Paulie? No, I'm good. I think uh, that uh, wraps us up really well. Cool. All right. Well, until next time, brother friends, may your wrestling be good wrestling and good night.